Hello everyone, welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. I am your host, David Thackeray. I'm a hospitality professional with two decades of experience in the bar and restaurant industry. My pursuit in this podcast is to have difficult conversations of our industry and of society as a whole. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome back. Today, this is October the 13th, 2020. I waited to the end of the day to go ahead and, and do the podcast because I wanted to see how the election early voting went um, here in Texas. And uh, here in Harris County, where Houston is, we had uh, one of the highest early voting turnout ever. Over 68,000 people voted today, just today, in Harris County only. <clears throat> and that goes to tell you, uh, ought to show you that people are very, very engaged in this um, particular election and in the, the results of them because there were lines that were very, very long. I saw some of the people that I know um, post uh, videos on uh, waiting for uh, voting and they waited for many hours <clears throat> and um, the video showed really really long lines kind of line where you don't really see the end because uh, it keeps snaking around and so this is extremely important election and the reason I think I'm going to give you a few analysis today i'm not a political analyst or any of that i'm just giving you my opinion and my point of view i'm going to back that with uh, uh some facts um and uh and we'll just go from there so this election is very important because we have seen um, a presidency an administration that is feels like they only need to represent the people that voted them in and not the entire nation. And that's not the way that we have worked in this country. <clears throat> not for a very long time. And therefore, everyone else in the country has been very angry at the fact that although we didn't vote for this person, because that's the nature of elections, right? You get a choice and you make your choice. And one of one or the other uh, is not going to make it. One person is going to win, one person is going to lose. One side is going to win, one side is going to lose. And that's just the way it is. And for the most part, we just accept it and move on. <clears throat> for the most part, the person that wins, normally right after their win, makes a statement uh, regarding um, unifying the nation. Because politics is divisive by its very nature. nature. In politics, uh, election cycles are even more divisive because it's like, hey, you did this and you didn't do that. And you go through all of that. <clears throat> and in this country, we've been used to that. And um, we know that at the end of this election cycle, there tends to be a statement by whoever wins. We need to unite, come back together. The politics is politics and let's move forward. Great. That didn't happen in 2016. That didn't happen in the inauguration in January 2017 uh, of this administration. And so ever since then, it's been an us versus them. 
And so the divisiveness of politics is something that this president and this administration has embraced. Okay, now, now they didn't embrace the bringing the country together and the inclusiveness of uh, how we do things as a nation, how any nation does things collectively. Instead, they went the other way. They went into, um, you know, I care about my base and that's all there is to it. In addition to that, there's been the instances where we have had hate, um, not just peek its head, but, sh you know, turn out in, in full bore. And, um, and that started with Charlottesville in 2017 or 2018. Charlottesville, you know what I'm talking about. The tiki torches and all the other shit where uh, a lady was killed by a Trump supporter. Um, he used his car to, to run into the crowd and one person was killed. And, in, in, and after that, where these people are marching down the streets with tiki torches saying the Jews will not replace us um, and having um, showing Nazi flags and, and um, hateful uh, rhetoric, he says there's good people on both sides. Now think about that for a second, or maybe you already thought about it. You, on one side, you have people who believe in democracy and the other side you have people that are fascist and don't tell me don't try to make the argument that he's not a fascist and that his followers aren't a fascist whenever they show up with Nazi flags okay the Nazi flag is fascism so stop defending that dumb shit and to all you liberals stop arguing with that call it what it is when these people show up with Nazi flags to any of their, their events, that's what they're doing. They're promoting fascism. The Dixie flag is that much better either. And quite frankly, given the fact that they're flying the American flag along with it, they're tainting that too. So, so then... This is what we've been going through over the last four years. And here we are on October 13th, 2020. And I was listening to the confirmation of uh, Supreme Court uh, of Judge uh, Barrett um, that is being the confirmation, Senate confirmation is happening for her to go replace, not replace, but go into the seat of uh, Justice uh, Ginsburg, which recently passed away. You, you probably already heard this, but I'm going to go ahead and play it where Lindsey Graham says in 2016, right before the election, whenever um, Scalia passed away, uh, Justice Scalia passed away and um, Obama had nominated uh, Judge Garland or had in mind nominating Judge Garland for the Supreme Court. The entire GOP just went against it to say, no, this is your 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 on your way out um it's an election year and uh this is wrong they lindsey graham was as far well here let me just play the uh the clip and if ted cruz or donald trump get to be president they've all asked us not to confirm 
or take up a selection by President uh, Obama. So if a vacancy occurs in their last year of their first term, guess what? You will use their words against them. I want you to use my words against me. If there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, who it, whoever it might be, make that nomination, and you could use my words against me, and you'd be absolutely right. We're setting a precedent here today, Republicans are, that in the last year, at least of a lame duck eight-year term, I would say it's going to be a four-year term, that you're not going to fill a vacancy of the Supreme Court based on what we're doing here today. That's going to be the new rule. So you heard him, right? He said, "You not, not, not did he only say, use my words against me. He also said, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, because they were still in the, uh, I guess, primary stage. They hadn't, the, the, the Republicans hadn't picked a uh, nominee yet. Um, he said they had asked, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump had asked the uh, Republican Congress to not uh, approve any nominee that Obama uh, put up. And they were okay with that, right? The, the GOP was complicit with that. And so he says you can use their words against him. Then he says you can use my words against me, which is, you know, there is no point in an election year whether it's a lame duck, eight-year uh, president, which means that you can't run anymore, or even if it's a four-year, at the end of the four years, right? Then we shouldn't be electing um, or nominating and uh, approving a um, candidate for the Supreme Court. Well, there he is. And he says, this is the new rule. Now, I want you to notice, to, to pay attention to the way that he talks, which sounds very, very earnest. It sounds someone that is, is, is being very honest and open and, um, and pragmatic. And yet, he was full of shit. He was lying. I mean, I listen to talk radio to conservative talk radio every once in a while in order to hear what it is that they have to say. And those guys will, will simply, you know, Rome is burning type of shit. Like they, they really commit to whatever it is that they're saying, whether it's true or not, and whether it is a partial truth or not, even though they know that is a partial truth. So this is what he's doing. So he's doing the same thing. He's going on on, on there and uh, sounding very, very earnest, honest, sincere. And uh, he was lying through his teeth because here we are in 2020. And um, instead of opposing this nomination, which he could, if he really if he really had a word, if he was a man of his word. Then he would oppose it. But here's the thing. The thing is that he might actually be losing his seat. And because he is the he is an ideological politician, then he he's okay with that because he's on his way out. So now he did this great thing for the GOP. And so they'll uh, think of him as some sort of uh, Newt Gingrich, which 
most of a lot of you probably don't don't remember his his politics but he was just a dick um just an asshole and uh it was it was him in the 90s that started this politics of no and uh and really contentious contentious politics um in the, in our modern era where he just wanted to talk shit and make crazy allegations and uh and um just be a dick him with uh rush limbaugh um started this 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 uncivil um political climate that we have now and that takes me to my other point where is a lot of uh talk radio that, that i'm listening to the conservative talk radio they're talking they keep talking that the democrats are are acting um, as tyrants, that Democrats aren't being honest, that Democrats aren't acting in good faith, that they are trying to uh, undermine the Constitution, that uh, everything that the GOP has been doing, they're blaming and accusing the Democrats of. And here's here's an interesting clip of uh, Mitch McConnell. I care about everybody. If you're a young African-American an immigrant, you can go anywhere in this state. You just need to be conservative, not liberal. I care about everybody. If you're a young African-American, an immigrant, you can go anywhere in this state. You just need to be conservative, not liberal. Right. So I played that clip twice on purpose because I wanted you to to confirm what you thought you heard. And that is Lindsey Graham saying to his... uh, his constituents, <clears throat> actually to the entire population of his state, that black immigrant, like, it doesn't really matter who you are, we're going to protect you, and you can move around this day with, with uh, comfort, comfortably, right? You don't have to worry about nothing um, if you're a conservative, not a liberal. That was his own words, deliberate and... Uh, and, and on the record and that is the bad faith that we've been dealing with right which is the fact that right now the republicans are are playing the victim they keep doing this thing to like no other no i actually hear people repeat what trump says which is no other president has ever been treated so poorly <clears throat> no that's not true obama got treated worse than you obama got on the record while giving a speech in Congress was called the liar by one of the Republican senators, uh, Senator Johnson. That guy, basically what he did went on the record for all times, right? Because this happened while Obama was, uh, giving a speech in Congress. So he disrespected him right there in the halls, on the hollow halls of our nation. And I'm framing it this way because this is what Republicans like to talk about, right? Right now it's been the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and, uh, and, and the uh, sanctity of the nation, and um, the uh, honesty in, in, in uh, dealing in good faith. They're not using those words because... It's, it's just too obvious uh, what they're doing, but, but those are the things that they've been talking about. And so 
that is very 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 terrible uh disrespect in addition to what fox news did with you know um attack constantly attacking the family uh making a big deal about uh obama uh, wearing a tan suit uh making a big deal about the the what was it the with the queen of england there was some sort of misunderstanding as to where you're supposed to stand where you're supposed to be walking uh and that's not to say even the other uh republican politicians calling uh, michelle obama uh, a gorilla and talk about a, fa- a first family being treated poorly that was the one and yet or uh, trump tries to put himself in in that position which he's not he keeps getting on, on, on TV and saying stupid shit and people keep calling him on the stupid shit that he's saying and all of a sudden he's being treated poorly. And frankly, all of you that have all told me or that keep saying, going on Twitter and wherever else that I see these comments, it's like, well, he's, you know, shoots off the hips or he's not a real politician where he doesn't know, you know, he doesn't play that game. He just tells it like it is and all this other bullshit, like he doesn't have any uh, diplomacy. Right is basically what you're saying. What you're saying is he's not a, a diplomatic type of individual. He's 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 a uh, he's got some rough edges. First off, that's not what is uh, required of a uh, international leader, the leader of of the entire fucking world. Right. So we have the biggest economy, the biggest uh, military. We have the reserve currency of the world. You can't buy oil without us dollars. And this is the guy that you think represents us the best. My answer to that is no at all, not at all. And yes, I understand. And I agree with you that it's, it's, it does get tiresome to, to hear politicians spit out the same bullshit you've been hearing for decades, but don't give me this shit of, well, at least he's honest. You know, it, it's it's sort of like, you know, your 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 boss is robbing you, not paying you what what you agreed on, not paying your salary, and he's being open about it. He's saying, "Yeah, hey, look at this sucker. He keeps showing up to work, and I don't even pay him what I agreed." And you're gonna say, "Well, at least he's honest, so I'm gonna keep working for him, right?" Your girlfriend or your wife cheats on you, and she lets you know. Unless you have that agreement, none of my business. But let's say you don't have the agreement. And you go, well, at least she's honest, so I'm going to stay with her. Or your business partner. We can go on and on and on and on. People fucking you over, and you're going, well, at least they're honest, so I'm going to stick around. I'm going to keep supporting them. That's that's dumb. There's there's no two ways about it. That is, that is dumb. Right? <clears throat> you know? You, some psychologists might give you some some masochist type of theory behind it, but it's, it's just dumb. You shouldn't do that. You should have a little bit more respect for yourself. Anyhow, so let's continue with these clips because today when I was listening to, to the Republicans talk about um, what the Democrats are trying to do, how they're politicizing this, this uh, um, nomination for the Supreme Court, no. No, no, you, the, the GOP, politicized this in 2016 whenever they went on the record and said, no, this is, should never happen to where a, a president on his, on his way out or a president that is up for election to, um, to have a, a, a nominee 
going through confirmation during the, the election cycle. We already, Georgia started voting yesterday, early voting. We started in Texas early voting today. So we're already voting. And yet the Republicans decided to push this through. Here's another clip. If uh, Hillary Clinton becomes president, I'm going to do everything I can do to make sure that four years from now, we've still got an opening on the Supreme Court. All right, so that was Richard Burr, a uh, Republican um, senator from North Carolina. You just heard him. Before the election of 2016, he said, clearly you can hear him say, if Hillary gets elected, we will do everything in our power to block any nomination, right? And keep those Supreme Court seats open for her entire four years, for an entire four years, entire presidency. Now, that is politicizing, right? That is bad faith. That is not doing your job. That is not fulfilling the, the office, right? Because they're supposed to work for the people. And there's supposed to be a balance between what conservatives want and what liberals want. But to go out and simply block every judicial uh, nominee that a president has, now, you know, that is acting in bad faith. That is exactly what happened uh, for Obama, again, um, during the, his uh, confirmation for uh, appeals court. The reason why Trump has been able to appoint so many um, appear, uh, federal judges is because Mitch McConnell blocked and, and got anyone he could on board to block anything and anyone that um, Obama with, would, uh, would nominate. So, here's another interesting clip. Now, I will tell you that I'm also a member of the Judiciary Committee. Y'all may have heard that we have a, a Supreme Court nomination opening. I happen to be one of the senators who signed on to the letter to tell this president that we're not going to nominate a Supreme Court justice until the people have spoken. Now, just today, I was on the Senate floor, and I had Senator Schumer and Senator Leahy uh, uh, talking about how we're not doing our job. We're absolutely doing our job. They were talking about how we have a constitutional obligation to advise and consent. I said, we've done that. I said, what do you mean? I said, we've advised the president that we're not going to consent to one of his nominees. We're going to let the American people speak. You see, this is the exact reason that most of us don't like politics and we don't like to get involved in politics. And normally when there's not a whole lot on the line, we don't get involved in politics other than showing up on election day to vote. But this is why we're so involved right now. I don't know too many people that aren't. And the people that are not involved in politics right now is because they don't have any skin in the game. They they feel that they're protected either way. And it's, it's exactly what we, you just heard. This guy is saying, no, we're just, we're doing our duty by telling the president no. Right? And this is after they have gone on the record and said, if there is a president up for election, primaries has happened, um, we're not going to confirm it. Right. This, this is this is the way we're doing things right now. 
if if the primaries have already occurred, then um, w no judges are going to run through. That's that's just the way it is in 2016. But here we are again, already voting as a nation, and um, they're going through this through through the confirmation of a a judge that has two years of experience on the bench. Um, she's probably like 45 years old, so she's going to be on that um, court seat, Supreme Court seat, for several generations. I mean, <clears throat> 40 years, potentially. It's a long, long time. And so the next thing that you hear is, oh, the, the, the that I hear on talk radio is, um, oh, they're going to stack the court. They're going to stack the court. They're, they don't care about the Constitution. Well, the court didn't always have nine justices. It started off with five. No, my bad, six. And then it went on to become nine through an act of Congress because it is Congress that has the, uh, the power to change uh, the number of the Supreme Court, not the Constitution. So that is a lie uh, by the... Uh, conservative radio media that they're trying to be implicit about because they're not outright saying it they just mixing up two different issues so they're saying the democrats want to stack the stack the, the court and they say oh they don't care about the constitution so they're not making the link they're just putting them right next to one another and the number of justices is set by congress not by the constitution look that shit up so then <clears throat> You have the um, the GOP that is now grandstanding in the uh, confirmation where they continue to talk about the politicizing of this justice, of this confirmation, and how they are doing it because it's an election um, year and that elections are weeks away. Exactly the same thing they did. But the problem with all that is how there's not instead of Congress and the Senate in particular um, focusing on a stimulus because Jerome Powell from uh, you know with the uh, central bank has said that without a stimulus we're kind of fucked um, any economist worth its their salt says without a stimulus we're kind of fucked and you and I and anyone else that has been, especially from the hospitality industry, um, you know, that's been on unemployment. Unemployment is not enough. And then every time you go out there and you make a little bit of money, uh, they take some money away from you from unemployment. And the thing is, is like even if you're going to retool your 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 set, uh, skill set, that takes time and it takes money, right? Because the training that the state provides is not always the best or the fastest. And so <clears throat> instead of the, the, the Senate working on a stimulus package, um, Donald Trump said, no, we're not going to deal with, with the Democrats. Shut it down, right? So recently I, had, uh, I saw that Andrew Yang and Wolf Blitzer, which by the way, I'm going to say this again. Liberal media does not exist. And the reason I say that is because people of wealth 
the ones that own media are conservative. They're liberal conservatives at best. In other words, some sort of moderate conservative. But they are conservative. And so people talk about CNN being liberal, liberal, liberal. No. No, they're not. Because their their views are not always liberal views. And the thing that is really insulting is whenever they pretend to be spouting liberal views and then they get it wrong and, and they get it wrong in a dumb kind of way and so Wolf Blitzer is talking to Nancy Pelosi and telling her how come she is not accepting the president's um, proposal for stimulus and you know Nancy Pelosi calls, calls him out I'm going to play the clip here in a second but what I want to make the point is is that listen Here's the way that I see it. Nancy Pelosi is, is a politician like all of them. She's been there for decades. I get it. I get it. But Donald Trump from day one has been conniving and cunning. He has not been dealing, uh, he has not been working with uh, D.C. or Congress in good faith. From day one, Donald Trump has been acting in bad faith. I don't expect him to do anything else. I don't expect him to do anything other than. So don't try to convince me that the stimulus package that is on the, uh, on the floor right now from the GOP, it's a good one for us. Because normally what's going to happen and what we saw with the PPP loans, with the tax cuts, um, with the corporate bailouts, is that Donald Trump takes care of the wealthy when that money should be going to working class people that might need to retrain that will probably be out of work for months still been out of work for six months you might be out of work for another six months okay and so i don't expect him to do the right thing furthermore Whatever the bill looks like now, once it starts to go and get touched by all the hands in the Senate, it's going to have a bunch of other shit. And so the minute that she agrees to it and then she disagrees with some of the changes that they make, they're going to say, "Okay, she's just playing games. She said yes. And now she's saying no. You understand what I'm saying? And yes, I think that the Democrat bill was a little bloated a trillion dollars and the president just tweeted stimulus go big or go home he wants even more right right now so why not why not work out a deal with him and don't let the perfect as they say here in washington be the enemy of the good well i will not let the wrong be the enemy of the right what's wrong with 1.8 trillion dollars well, I, you know what? Do you have any idea what the difference is between the spending that they have in their bill and that we have in our bill? Do you realize that they have come back and said all these things for child tax credits and earned income tax credits or helping people who have lost their jobs are eliminated in their bill? Do you realize they pay no respect to the fact that child care is very important for people whose children cannot go to school? because they're doing remote learning, and yet they minimize the need for child care, which is the, is the th- threshold with which people, mothers and fathers, can go to work if they have it. 
you know, it's really frustrating to listen to Wolf Blitzer um, ask those questions because it's not the fact that he is challenging her. He should. That's a, that's his job. But the way that he's challenging her is really dumb. And, and, and I mean dumb. It, they're dumb questions, but he's not dumb. He's being, he, he's being manipulative and uh, he's being a tool, essentially. He's trying to hide the fact that he's a corporate tool. And I've never been a big fan of his, so that's easy for me to say. Um, but the fact is this, is that what he is asking is, is putting blinders. What he has to do is to put blinders on himself. Because the entire four years that this president has been in office, he has been extremely difficult and combative with anyone on that opposes him. Okay? What makes you think that he's going to be any different at this point in addition to that what makes you think that he's not going to be the crony that we've been dealing with and so i don't the dishonesty in those questions from wolf blitzer just shows you that there is no liberal media it doesn't exist he's a corporate tool liberal media does not exist it's all conservative or a a, a sabotage to the liberal cause said this he said people in need can't wait until february 1.8 trillion dollars is significant and more than twice the obama stimulus make a deal put the ball in mcconnell court so what do you say to rokana what i say to you is i don't know why you're always an apologist and many of your colleagues apologists for the republican position rokana that's nice that isn't what we're going to do and nobody's waiting till february i want this very much now because people need help now but it's no use giving them a false thing just because the president wants to put a, a check with his name on it in the mail okay so this is exactly what i'm saying blitzer is focusing on the big 1.8 trillion dollars that sounds like a big number that is what fox news would do they're selling the big number because for you and me $1.8 trillion is just an insane amount of money, right? But he's not talking about what's in the bill, how the money is going to be spent. And that is exactly what, what Pelosi is, is pointing out. Now, I'm not a big fan of any politician, again, but I see this for what it is. This is Wolf Blitzer being just a puppet, a fucking tool, because they're selling the big number. He, he never once, not once in that interview, did he address how the money was going to be spent. Who was going to get that money? What were the, the restrictions on who could get that money? I don't speak to the president. I speak to his, Why his representative. Why not call him and say, Mr. President, let's work out a deal. It's not going to be everything you want. Not going to be everything I want. But there are so many Americans right now who are in desperate need. Let's make a deal. What makes me amused if it weren't so sad, is how you all think that you know more about the suffering of the American people than those of us who are elected by them to represent them at that table. We're going to get a deal. And when we do, it will be retroactive. It will be retroactive. Here's, a, here's what you wrote in a letter to House Democrats, Madam Speaker. And I ask these questions only, as you know, so many millions of Americans are suffering right now. Well, you right quote now. two people who know nothing about the agreement. Well, or not, There is no agreement. But what the suggestions are, as if there's some authority 
on the subject. Please, uh, give uh, equal weight to 12, I, I, to all of the chairmen on the committee who have written this bill. And there it is. She makes another strong point. He's quoting two people that have nothing to do with the negotiations for the stimulus package as if they're some sort of authority. And although, and I've, I've, I'm, I'm still, I like Andrew Yang, but I think in this one, he's just out of, out of, he's just wrong, right? Because if this money is going towards the, the wealthy, and if, again, like the PPP loans, money went to Kushner's, uh, associates of Kushner's, they went to Kanye West, they went to um, Shake Shack, which is a publicly traded company. They went to Ruth Chris, like all these major companies that are publicly traded. Not, not all, but they, you know, in the restaurant businesses, there were, you know, there were there were few. That's where you get your investment. It's from the public. That's what what being a publicly traded company is. And they took money away from the uh, the small uh, mom and pop shop. They gave it back. Well, I get it, but. That's not the point. The point is, is that the way that the uh, CARES Act was written and the way that the, the executive comment that Trump put in was that they weren't going to be uh, regulated as to how they're going to spend that money. Remember that? Remember when it was $500 billion where he says, uh, we don't get Congress oversight on this. We get to spend it however we want. Maybe he's trying to pay his uh, $300 million loan with that money. You get what I'm saying? And so this is not cut out so easily as Wolf Blitzer tries to, to, to play it out to be. I'm telling you, there's no fucking liberal media. It just doesn't exist. Here in Houston, we have the free press. And I don't even know if they're still around. But those guys have it tough. No Head Start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. Then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. <laughs> pro-life, pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? <laughs> they're not pro-life, you know what they are? But here's the deal. This is the reason why the, the DNC's uh, bill was so expensive is because one, they were going, they're spending a lot of money on hospitals and their PPE. In other words, they're, they're giving the, the hospitals what they need to protect their staff and to protect the people that go in there. Secondly, she talks about the amount of time that it's going to take to get a vaccine. So that bill includes that measure of time between now and when that happens sometime in the spring or summer this is bullshit that we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year okay these clinical trials take a long time Fauci said that from the very beginning and so it's dishonest every time that the White House or the president or anyone in this administration tries to say that there's going to be there's a good chance that there's a vaccine by the end of the year 
that's that's breakneck record time and it's unsafe because they have to test it on every type of person in the population they have to test it on people of you know young people old people people with uh diabetes people with high blood pressure people with um uh, autism people with uh sclerosis people with that's what clinical trials are that's why they take so fucking long because when you deploy something like that in the in the majority of the population you want it to be as safe as possible and the only way you can do that is by testing every single the the uh, probability that you can and and that is the reason why that stimulus is so big and even then she talks about how they dropped it like 1.2 billion dollars no 1.2 trillion dollars on on their uh on the dnc's uh bills so it went from 3.4 to 2.2 and that difference of 1.8 to 2.2 400 billion dollars you know that's unemployment benefits that's ppe that's that's a lot of shit, man. You understand? And so, and more important than that, much, much more important than that is how it's spent and what the restrictions are on that. Because if it's willy-nilly, you know what he's going to do. Health expert, but I can tell the difference between bad and worse, although I don't really know how you'd know. Saying the drugs made Trump crazier is like saying the Nikes made Usain Bolt faster. Dude can't get much faster than he already did. But don't worry, Trump put any questions about his state of mind to rest with this video. Hi, perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. And I'm standing in front of the Oval Office at the White House, which is always an exciting place to be. When he says, hi, it's me, your favorite president, it almost sounds like he's being ironic. Like even he knows how much people don't like him. Like he's expecting the Debbie Downer music. Hi, perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. Every time he does something like this, it makes me think that he is trolling the American people, that he's just antagonizing his opposition. He's just, I mean, it's almost like he doesn't want, I have, I have two theories. One is that he is willing to do anything to win just because the optics of him losing. Two is that he wants to lose because he wants to get out of the White House and go on and make a bunch of money off the top secret intelligence that he got that the information that he has from everyone from 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 what he has access to as a united states president i mean steve bannon i mean he got top clearance uh immediately and um you know he went in there he he got the information he was looking for and um and then he left yeah, he might have gotten fired and all that, but that's just to me that was just bullshit. That was just the um the uh the 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 show of it all, the reality show that this administration is. Here's another one. Yes. Before you even ask, the CEO is a member of Trump's golf course, and yes, Trump has owned stock in the past, and yes, they got a giant four hundred and fifty million dollar grant from the Trump administration in July. Because of course, why else? Would Trump go out of his way to repeatedly brag about it in his video? They gave me Regeneron. It's called Regeneron. And other things, too, but I think this was the key. But they gave me Regeneron, and it was, like, unbelievable. I felt good immediately. I felt as good 
three days ago as they do now. So you see what I'm saying? They just he's overt about what he's doing. He's just using the office of the presidency to put money in his pocket, right? And not in the traditional way that most of the other ones have done it. Well, I don't know, actually, now that I think about the Bush administration. Anyhow, it's a corrupt administration that needs to be voted out completely. Out, 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 and we need to scratch a lot of shit in our um, in how we we do elections that's the other thing i don't understand why elections have to be so complicated you know it should be a day where you get the day off to go and uh and vote and here in texas for instance um and i'm knowing in many other states they just every few years they change the laws of what you can and can't do a few years ago they changed that you can't vote a straight ticket here in Texas. Why? And why not? Right? And what's interesting to me is that the GOP has been the straight ticket uh, party uh, for the longest time. And so, you know, the other part, what was the other one? The, the, the Governor Abbott, um, for Election Day, there's only going to be one polling station uh, per county. And that is in um, in Reliance Stadium. Now, I think that one was appealed versus the uh, the straight ticket wasn't. There's a few things there. Uh, I can talk about it in the next podcast. But e- either way, the point is, is that why is it a moving target? Why is voting a moving target? How come we don't just make it straight across? This is you show up, you vote for your candidates, and you're fucking done. But that's not the way to do it. So... I decided to include a little bit of my favorite show when it comes to politics and a conniving motherfucker. Um, And that's, of course, Frank Underwood. And you have all enjoyed it, been party to it, and benefited by it. Oh, don't deny it. You've loved it. You don't actually need me to stand for anything. You just need me to stand to be the strong man. The man of action. My God, you're addicted to action. And slogans. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I do. Just as long as I'm doing something, you're happy to be along for the ride. And frankly, I don't blame you. With all the foolishness and indecision in your lives, why not a man like me? I don't apologize. In the end, I don't care whether you love me or you hate me, just as long as I win. The deck is stacked. The rules are rigged. Welcome to the death of the age of reason. There is no right or wrong. Not anymore. There's only being in and then being out. Now, isn't that the absolute state of our nation? Isn't that the absolute state of our politics? Isn't that the absolute... The absolute gluttony of our desires. We want more and more and more. And every time it gets more and more extreme. It's the gluttony of getting what you want. It's the gluttony of having too much. 
What have we been doing over the last two decades? Three decades? More, more, more. More options, more options. You show up to a bar. Uh, the menu has got eight, eight, eight items. That's all you have? You show up to, uh, to a cafe. Well, how big is the menu? You show up to, the, uh, to get your tires changed. Well, how many different tires can I get? How many? Everything in your life is about options, options, options. More, more, more. And that just keeps moving the needle to more extreme. And that's exactly what we have going on right now. We have a political system that has become entertainment. It has become a big old show, a drama, right? It's like it's a reality show. We tune in to see what happened today. And the closer we get to the election, you know, it's like every day, who knows what's going to happen. And we got, we're now at the point where we are battling one another. You know, there's a lot of talk about civil war. There's a lot of talk about insurrection. There's a lot of talk about, you know, what's uh, civil unrest. The kind of shit we've never seen. Well, no, we have seen it here. And it's usually been put down uh, rather swiftly. You know, we can go way, way back to uh, the 1820s, I think it was, when the uh, Whiskey Rebellion uh, that had to do with taxation. But anyways, but you, you get what I'm saying is like this is not what we're accustomed to. The, the, the crazy, crazy, crazy thing is that because we're not accustomed to it, we're more susceptible to it. We are more susceptible to it because we're not accustomed to putting a fight for our democracy. Places that have recent experiences or long histories of of oppression and dictatorship and, and uh, monarchies and oligarchies, uh, those people have uh, long histories of of having to really truly struggle and 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 battle for every single freedom that they have. So when they reach a point of having a democratic democratically elected governance, then they they protect it they feel very differently about it than we do we know we've ever known as a nation right in the context of of just talking to democracy right that's all the the this system this system of governance has always known it hasn't always been applied the same for everyone right we know that but as far as we know we never had a king as far as we know what the fuck am I saying we've never had a king right there's never been a monarchy here there's never been an uh, oligarchy that uh, has uh, lasted very long even though we do, did have the uh, robber barons um, but you know we, we've enjoyed relative freedom for our entire existence and we are a very young country in comparison to to many others you know you look at the history of of europe and and those borders have shifted and and and, and reshaped that uh that continent many 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 times over and so all i have to say to you right now is go out and vote um, make sure that you um i and at this point you should be clear about what my position is and not that I am completely against Republicans as well or conservative. 
I'm not. I don't align with uh, many conservative uh, uh, views, right? And so, but I do align with some conservative views. I know that. And the thing is, it's like up until recently, I was pretty much a moderate, which was like, oh, okay, this is a conservative issue that I agree with, and this is a liberal issue that I agree with, and uh, that's the way that I was uh, just going about my own fucking business. And then this guy comes around and just uh, ruins it for everyone, myself included. And he starts to pin people against one another. Now, some people might make the argument, well, this is good because we were in this lull or, you know, we were taking advantage of our uh, democracy. And, you know, there's a lot of arguments about about out there about that. Maybe we don't know. That's one of those th- this that is one of those things that you have to give it time and you really won't know what the real effects of it are, are until uh we're looking back a decade or so. And this coming decade could be a very rough one because from the economics point of view, we our economy has been floating on the stimulus of the care uh, cares act and <clears throat> and without another stimulus um it's a it's a it might be a pretty nasty nose down right with the stimulus all we're doing is just floating for a little bit longer <clears throat> at least floating until the coronavirus is is put in check right until we get that vaccine but then after that, we still have to deal with the economics effect of, of this pandemic. If you got this far, I really appreciate that. Um, assuming that you are into politics or at least feel the same way as I do, there's really not too much of a choice right now. But also, I wanted to do this uh, for a while, which is a, a, more, a little bit more of a real-time um, political talk of... Uh, of what we are being exposed to on a regular basis. And that is a lot of double talk from uh, politicians, which is normal. A lot of double talk from radio uh, show hosts, uh, pretty normal too. And, um, and we just need to cut through it. And so that's what this is. Also, my friend Nathan Rafael is about to put out his first uh, podcast ever. So once that is ready... I'll put up a link. For the finale, let's go out with a uh, few bangers. If an opening comes in the last year of President Trump's term and the primary process is started, we'll wait to the next election. And I've got a pretty good chance of being the judiciary. You're on the record. Yeah. All right. Hold the tape. Well, the situation when we broke for the recess two weeks ago was that there were 52 Republican senators who didn't think we needed either hearings or a vote in committee. And today, two weeks later, we have 52 Republicans who think we don't need either a hearing or a vote in committee. Uh, I think it's safe to say there will not be hearings or votes. I think it is also safe to say the next president, whoever that may be, is going to be the person who chooses the next Supreme Court justice. The next justice could fundamentally alter the direction of the Supreme Court and have a profound impact.
on our country. So of course, of course, the American people should have a say in the court's direction. It is the President's constitutional right to nominate a Supreme Court justice, and it is the Senate's constitutional right to act as a check on a president and withhold its consent. All right, Madam Speaker, these are, these are incredibly difficult times right now, uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. No, we'll leave us. it on the vote that you are not right on this, Wolf, and I hate to say that to All you. Right. But I feel confident about it, and I feel confident about my colleagues, and I feel confidence in my chairs. If you have a smart device, you can listen on Alexa. Um, you can ask for the Open Bar experience. Also, we have our own website, which is openbar.space. You can check us out also on your favorite app, whether it's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Check it out, The Open Bar Experience. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and keep the conversation going.